0: Thanks for listening to the two forty two Young Adults podcast with Pastor Justin Corco. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. Well, if you guys want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter one, we are going to continue Acts chapter one. We're going to start at verse twelve. Uh, again, we had, we had talked about that moment where you know Jesus had he had now ascended into heaven, uh, and he told the the disciples to wait in jerusalem until they received what was promised to them and last week we talked about getting you know being empowered uh, and how acts 1-8 says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and we talked about a power outlet and how you know an outlet has power available at all times but are we connected and it's sort of the theme that's sort of running through uh, this series the idea of being empowered and being connected you know to the lord and, and to the the spirit of god and to his heart And so as we continue uh, in this story and really read their response, this is what's happening after uh, that encounter with Jesus, after he ascends into heaven. And now uh, they're responding after the men in white show up and say, why are you staring up into the sky? They go, okay. And verse 12 is where we pick up. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, They went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. I think before we we really jump in to, tonight, if if you, we want to kind of hunker down and, and sit on the idea of God's divine direction. God's divine direction in our lives. And I think it's something that we... How many have ever prayed for God's direction before? Right? A lot of us. We've prayed, God, like, where are, where are you leading me? Where are you taking me? Uh, what do you desire for me to do? Uh, you know... Where do you desire for, uh, for me to go? And these are all questions. We often seek the Lord in those in those areas uh, uh, for direction in times of transition. And, and think about this, that during this time, they had three and a half years with the Son of God. And He gave them a promise to say, go wait in, in Jerusalem till you receive uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they go, and they're and they're waiting. Think about this time of transition in their lives. Everything is going to look different than what it did before. And, and so, in the middle of this scenario, in the middle of this time, where the disciples now—I mean, think about uh, having a, the most influential figure in your life now leave. And tell you that it's going to be your responsibility to carry on his legacy as he empowers you to do that. That's a big transition to be to be in. That's a and this is a a, a very interesting moment in their lives. You know, this is kind of the the primer. And, and there's always seasons in our life of preparation. There are going to be seasons in your life where you're kind of just hanging in there, going like, okay. I know God's about to do something big. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm in this like weird in-between spot. And this is exactly where they are. They're in, they're in the middle of transition in their lives, and, and that's really what we're going to be talking about: is direction, how to how to hear from God, how to how to allow God to divinely direct you in the middle of those types of seasons in your life. You might be in the middle of one of those seasons right now. And so I hope that this message is encouraging to you. I think one of the things that is so important about it is is that that aspect of time. I think when we're looking for direction, how many want to just kind of say, God, where do you want me to be? And then him just to be like, here. And like an immediate response. And I was uh, talking about that with someone this week, just about the... The fast pace, you know, just the society that we live in, uh, the instantaneous gratification, and uh, we had a, a comedian come in and he was talking about uh, mixtapes and how mad he was at like young people that could just get on Spotify and like pull up whatever song they wanted, and uh, and he's like, man, he's like, I feel like every millennial, he's like, they need to make a mixtape, cause he's like, I would I would go weeks. Just putting together the perfect mixtape. he's like, and then people can just put a playlist together in like 30 seconds. He's like, it's frustrating. And I started thinking about that, how instantaneous things are these days. I mean, there used to be a time when people wrote letters. They would like write on a piece of paper and they would fold it up and they'd put it inside of an envelope and they'd put a stamp on it and they'd write an address and they would mail it to people. And then the person would get it and they would read it. And then they would write I'm just kidding, guys. I, obviously, you know how it works, but <laughs> but think about it. Now, you just send somebody a text. Instantly, they have the message that you want to to deliver. And and I think that the timing of this, it's timing and, and direction is such a it's such an interesting thing. And and what I find really cool about how the disciples respond to it, uh, they persistently sought the Lord but they were patiently persistent and that's a concept i think is is it seems like a contradiction but in the midst of it they were pursuing even though they were waiting and and we're going to dive in and you'll see it so if you look at uh at the scripture here we're going to talk about keys to divine direction four keys uh to divine direction in times of transition the first one is constant prayer look at verse 14 it says they all met together and we constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. And I think about how prayer oftentimes keeps God's, like, promise in front of us. So, when he said, go and wait in Jerusalem, they went and they sought his face. In Acts 1-4, right, he says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. And so they didn't just go to Jerusalem and, uh, you know, chill on the couch and binge watch some Netflix in their PJs. Like, they didn't just go there and just hang out. They went to where they were supposed to be, From, from what direction they did have. They went to where they needed to be. And then while they were there, they continued to pursue God the way that they knew how. And I think sometimes we need to, we need to look at, in times of transition in our life, in times where you're looking for direction, you need to do everything that you know you've been told to do and then do everything you know what to do on top of that. And, and they were seeking after God constantly in prayer. They, they brought it up, they, they kept it their focus. So I don't know, maybe you're in the middle of this time right now. Maybe there is a, a transition. Maybe there is a, a decision or direction that you need in your life. Run after God. Find get into His Word, which we'll talk about in a second. But begin to de- de- decide today that you're going to do everything that you know, everything that you know God's promised you to do, and everything that you can think of on top of that. to, to pursue after him and what he desires for you. But they prayed. I love, uh, uh, my wife preached a message one time, um, on waiting, waiting on God and, uh, and how that word wait gave the connotation of like a knot, a a tightly knitted, like a knot, like, and there was the idea of, of tightness, uh, of closeness, uh, and, 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 that that almost like a relationship in a sense like there was a tight knittedness uh and so when you wait on the lord if if that's correct right am i getting that right yeah it's it's from the scripture
1: like those who it's from the scripture those who wait on the lord will renew their strength where people think like i'm waiting like god i'm waiting on you but when you look at the original language there's there's the idea of a it, it literally was a knot um, where as you're waiting on the Lord, you're so tightly knit to him that it's not like you're just waiting passively, yeah. but you're so tight that you're actively in a relationship that as you're doing that, you will review because we get this idea that we're just waiting there, but that's not active. But yeah. as we, or yeah, it's passive. But as we actively are in relationship with Jesus, He renews your strength, and then you can rise and you will you run and not grow weary. You'll walk and you won't faint faint because you have that. But if you're not like pursuing the Lord, then you're not gonna you're not gonna know to get strength because you're just waiting for it. Yeah, you need to have that relationship. Yeah, sorry,
0: good enough. That was I was impressed that you kept it together with my face that close to yours so I thought that was a really good example of pursuing after God and, and the, the idea of waiting it's not just this passive act like she she mentioned and so think about this that you can constantly be in prayer I you know I think about how prayer is what it's it's simply communication with God and you can do that in so many forms and facets you know and and so i think as you as your mindset and your disposition is turned towards the things of god the kingdom of heaven uh and your and you begin to just ponder you know the scripture says you know whatever is pure uh trustworthy you know of good report you think on these things as you begin To get your mind aligned with just the the things of God and you get your mind kingdom minded Then you're always thinking you're always thinking about the things of God. You're always interacting, you know, there there are moments throughout the entire day where I'm just you know, we'll be driving in the car and i'll just start praying like while we're in the car And it's I could be awkward. It's probably awkward. I don't know But i'm just thinking about things and I just start praying and uh, and you know judah says amen so you have thanksgiving you can thank god for his promises you know I, there are times when a promise comes to mind or i'm thinking about something i just thank god thank god for your word i thank god for the promises in his word for what he's done in my life for what he's going to do uh for what he's doing you know and, and, and remembering and, and keeping your mindset on those things interaction with god praising him for who he is his character um you know even in scripture, the, the names of God that, that people attributed unto God through their circumstances. Uh, so many things that, and obviously prayer, supplication, like in bringing forth requests on behalf of other people. Um, and, and, you know, those are all things that you can stay in communication with God. Another aspect that I really love about this was the unification, right? They, they met together and were constantly united in prayer. And, and this was a group of people that came together with a focus in their prayer. And I pray that that's, that's us. like As a group, as we grow in our walks with God, that collectively as a group, we can be focused in on prayer. What we want to see God do in our lives. The second thing is looking to Scripture. Verse 15 says this, during this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought a field and this is luke's note you see it in parentheses here judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery let me just say this oftentimes when you see those parentheses the author's just giving you some background that everybody else knew at the time but but you might not have known about so he's just letting you know some some information so he says judas had bought the field uh, bought a field with the money he received for his treachery falling headfirst there his body split open spilling out all his intestines The news of his death spread to all people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name Akeldama. I don't know if I said that right, which means field of blood. Exegetical preaching, hallelujah. Uh, (laughs) Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms, where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. Psalm 69, 25 is, is where that comes from. And he says, it also says, let someone else take his position. And as I was reading it, one of the first questions that I had before I like really sat down and read it, I'm like, why, why do they need to replace Judas? Like, Was there really a need to do that? And, uh, and obviously, after reading through it, you see that, and this is what's cool. As as Peter and the rest of them are waiting for what God had promised, all of the sudden, as he's meditating, reflecting on the word of God, reflecting on, on what God has said in his word, probably even thinking about what had happened with a person that was really close with him and, and now made that decision, is now no longer alive, these things pondering in his mind, it's okay to think about the situations in your life. And it's okay to think about what has happened and going to the Word of God and trying to see and, and match up your situation against the Word of God and allow the Word of God to infiltrate that situation. And this is, I, I imagine that that's what he's doing. As he's praying, he's seeking the face of God. That all of a sudden, God reveals something to him about a decision that needs to be made. It's not even particularly in regards To to what was originally promised, but all of a sudden now, through the Word, he's been shown something else that needs to take place in his life. And I think about it. We oftentimes get caught in a seasonal approach, a seasonal pursuit of God. When we're in a season of transition, when we're in a season of of maybe ignorance or or not knowing, you know, where God wants us, a season of kind of an open-ended season in our life where we don't know where we need to be. It's at those times where we run after the Lord. And I started thinking about how God desires to give you a fresh word. A, a, a daily word. I, I feel like that's why it's so important to get the word in us to to be reading it, to be pondering it, to be reflecting on it. Because it's in those moments that He'll give you those little things, those those little steps that you have to take today. And it might not be the big thing that you are seeking Him or waiting on Him for, but He'll bring something to your attention today. And that's exactly what happened. Peter's waiting for the power of the Spirit that's been promised. And as he's reflecting on the Word, as he's in prayer, God reveals to him uh, a step that needs to be taken for right now. And as you're in constant pursuit of God, constant just pursuit of his presence, getting in his word, that he's going to reveal things. He's going to convict you of things. He's going to draw you closer to him. There's going to be things, steps that you can take. And and sometimes I feel like if we can walk in that step-by-step relationship with God, that it'll almost be easier to discern when we hit those seasons of big decisions. Right when you walk in in a in a consist right, I'm married to my wife because she's my wife and that's what happens when you have a wife. You're married to them, uh, and so what what happens is as we walk hand in hand, maybe not literally but figuratively, but we do walk hand in hand because that's you know we're married. As we walk in relationship with each other, just, <laughs> I'm getting some people in trouble here, or maybe not. I don't know. But as we walk in relationship with each other, I can begin to get on her page and I I know when when something needs to be done or or if she wants to go somewhere or, you know, I can kind of I can sense things because of the closeness, because of the proximity. And some of you that are married probably know what I'm talking about. But even if you have a close friend or you you know the whole finish each other's sentences thing you can you can kind of already know where they're going do you know that you can get close with the lord like that 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 as you as you continually pursue him as you get to know him it's all about like growing in a loving relationship getting to know like who god is um we sometimes view him as, as so distant but he wants to be like so present and uh and the idea of walking in in relationship with him and, and just that daily word, he wants to, to be active and speak to us. And as we look to his word, there's going to be plenty of things that we can move in and walk in right now. Um, I feel like there's always those big, I don't know, I don't know about you, I feel like for me, there's always those big things That I'm seeking God about. Does anybody else like bear witness with that? There's like big things in your life that you're like really seeking God about, but in the midst of all of those big things, through my daily devotion, through my time of prayer, there always seems to be these small things that that I'm being pruned in and growing in and stretched in, and I feel like that's just God's goodness. And as we look to His Word, there's always something to be done. So in times of transition. Look to Scripture, but don't just look to it. Act on it. I love that. Right after he gets them all together, and he says, "You know, hey, the Scriptures say that. You know, we should we should do this. We should find someone to replace him." It wasn't just like a, yeah, that's right, that's true. I agree. Yeah, we should. And then you know we just keep on going with what we were doing. And sometimes I feel like we can we can do that. When we, when we dive into the word of God, especially when think about Peter, I mean, he's going to be replacing the last guy who they're replacing. He didn't do so hot. right? Like And now we got to replace him with another one. like who's to say this is going to go well? This could have been a thought. I don't know, maybe not, but it could have been. And I'm just thinking sometimes we'll excuse our way out of going where we know we need to. We'll excuse our way out of doing what we know we need to that's, that's clear in the Word of God. We'll excuse our way out of it um, because maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's going to stretch us. Uh, maybe we, we don't want to. And so acting on the Word of God is so important. It says in verse 21, So now, this is Peter saying, We must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justice. God had a lot of names. And uh, and Matthias. I was, you know, when you read, it's like, oh, they, they chose two guys, but there's like four names. So Joe or Barsabas, call him Barb justice i mean this guy had it all all sorts of names (laughs) they're not even close uh so he didn't just talk he didn't just talk about scripture he did it right he he said this is what the scripture says now we have an opportunity to apply what scripture says now it's so huge if if god ever speaks something to you don't wait Right? If you're reading your Bible, have you ever had that moment where you read your Bible and you're like, wow, that is, that's huge. Like, wow, that's a power. Anybody read the Bible and you go, wow, like that's powerful. Don't, don't just, the moment that you have that, I guarantee you this, the moment you have that, that moment, <laughs> God is revealing something to you in His Word. And when you, when you feel the Spirit moving in your heart as you're reading the Word of God, if that happens, stop and think, wow, this just registered with me. Like, this just resonated in my heart. Why? What is God, what is God trying to, like, to do in my heart with this? Why was that so powerful to me? Why did it resonate within me? How can I walk that out? What areas in my family, uh, at work? Like, how can I live out this principle in my marriage relationship? Uh, Don't just breeze past it and go like, wow, good point. Amen. And then just move on. If God is is speaking to you, it's for a reason. And and Peter, after having God speak to him about replacing Judas, he could have just kind of brushed it off and said, oh, wow, yeah, I guess we could probably use another guy. Ah, You know, I'll just... We'll we'll do it eventually He said, no, now We gotta choose somebody We gotta replace them now Act on the word of God The moment that you feel The the word just resonating in you Identify why God is speaking to you And what you can do And how you can act on it now You know, we talked about The Holy Spirit um, A while ago in a series and, And we talked about how we often Will, like, idolize our future you know, someday, you know, I know God's going to use me and I'm going to, you know, someday I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pray for people and faith. You know, someday, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to see like awesome things. And I know down the road, like it's going to be, and, and we put like who we want to be in the future instead of deciding to be that individual today. And when God gives you a promise, walk in it today. Recognize it's not a promise for 10 years. It's a promise for today. He's the, the word of God, it's fresh. He's got something for you each and every day. Acting on scripture. The last thing is depending on God. Depending on God. Verse 24 and 25. They prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Depending on God Let me explain casting lots just for those that might not be uh, fully aware of, of what that entails Casting lots was basically uh, the traditional way of doing it was they would inscribe the individual's name on a, on a piece of, of clay or whatever they had available and they would put it into a jar and they would then shake the jar until a piece fell out, Who, and whosoever, whosoever's name was on that piece uh, was, was the one that was selected. Uh, I want to read a quick quote. Uh, in ancient Israel, the high priest did use from time to time the tradition of casting lots for important uncertain decisions. Uh, An example of it, in December, we talked about uh, Zechariah, if you guys remember that, and the Christmas story, and how John the Baptist was promised uh, to Zechariah. Well, they cast lots to determine which priest was going to be going into the temple to offer uh, the incense before God. And Zechariah's name was the, the lot that fell out, and he was the one, the lot fell on him. So, when you, look at, when you look at the idea of, of casting lots, it wasn't foreign even to, to the priesthood in Israel. Uh, but I love what it says here. It amounted to consulting God for the answer. As the proverb says in Proverbs sixteen thirty three. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Depending on God. So why did I not put depending on lots? Because, you know, when we look at this and, you know, it's almost like a roll of the die to see, like, who is going to be selected. And it doesn't really seem like they were trusting in the Lord. But if you look at their prayer, it says, You, O Lord, know who the hearts, you know the hearts of all. Show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship. That word chosen there Is really important Uh, it's the same word and and even more so the same tense that's used in Luke 16 or Luke 6 13 that says at daybreak he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles it's a it's a past like it's a decision that's already been made is what that word is is conveying here and so what they're saying is God You've already made the decision of who is going to be the individual who replaces Judas. We understand that, that your will is already established. And you know that our heart is to see your will accomplished. And so instead of them, and, and you know, some, co- some commentators think that instead of them making the, the decision, to cast a lot would be putting it in the in in the hands of Jesus Christ to say that as they looked to the lord jesus as as the lord jesus selected the original 12 that not one of them would step in to say well yeah let's make this decision but they said no this is the lord just as jesus called the original 12 he's also going to call this 12th individual as well. And and the heart behind it was a dependency on God's will being accomplished and, and on what God wanted to be done. Now let's take this and bring it to today. All right. Where, did you like that sound effect? I didn't, I just realized I did a sound effect. I was like, oh man. So when we look at Us being in seasons uh, of transition when we're seeking God for direction in our life To recognize That our dependency must always be on him That means giving up our desires What we think is the right solution What we think is the most convenient solution The most comfortable solution And saying God You know the answer to this You've already determined what's going to take place. You already, you already know. You've got it all, you've got it all taken care of. My heart is that your will is done in my life. I don't want to go in a direction. I don't want to do something that is opposing what you desire to do. I don't want to put myself in a position or go in a direction that I think I need to go in. I want to go in a direction that I know you desire for me to go in. And this is their heart. They're saying, "God, you gotta, you gotta. You've already chosen the person. We know your will is already established for who it is. God, we want you to guide us. We're depending upon you." And what's interesting is, after this, after you know the very next chapter that we'll talk about next week, after they encounter the Holy Spirit, lots are never used again in Scripture, and, and there are plenty of big decisions, decisions for leadership. Uh, Decisions for the church decisions for the gentiles integrating into the like there were major decisions that were being made And never again did they use lots because now they had the guidance of the holy spirit They had the voice of the spirit That was guiding their every step every decision as they stayed in proximity as they stayed Plugged in and empowered by the spirit that they were able to walk that step by step by step relationship with christ that daily, fresh word. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.